Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. For two weeks now, 
I've been noticing this big black limousine with the chauffeur wearing dark glasses driving slow, about as fast as I walk. And the whole time I know he's watching me. Is there someone in the car? No. Only the chauffeur up front. Uh, uh, and you're sure it's always the same car? I'm not even sure it's the same chauffeur. He always wears dark glasses. It's hard to tell. Of course, the simplest explanation is that this chauffeur finds you very attractive, Mrs. Flint. Oh, go along with you. And I am, Mr. Jacob, unfortunately, still Miss Flint. Uh, have you told your employers? No, I haven't. Well, why not? Because I'm afraid they'll let me go. Are you? Yes, sir. Um, where can you be reached, Miss Flint? Oh, I wish Mr. O'Malley was here. Uh, so do I. Uh, you won't get your wish. Oh. Yeah, you must have rubbed the glass inkwell. Here I am, Samson O'Malley. Oh, nice little place you got here, Sam. Sam, nice place we've got here. <laughs> uh, how do you do, Mom? I'm Mara Flynn, Hensley's daughter. It's preservers. I thought I recognized you. Miss Flynn is being followed. I was trying to explain to this gentleman. Uh, Sam Jacobs. Uh, to Mr. Jacobs, why I have not told Mr. and Mrs. Bryce about it. But it's because of my boyfriend. Uh, what? Uh, Moira is a housekeeper for some rich family in a Fifth Avenue townhouse. Aren't you, dear? Mm. Uh, of course, you can't tell them someone's casting evil eye upon you. Huh? They may find out about Roger. Yes, Mr. O'Malley, it's perfectly true. But what can I do? Uh, uh, Sam, who, who's Roger? Uh, Roger, the unartful Dodger. Isn't worthy to kiss the hem of this lady's garment. Roger is a cheap chiseler, a conniver, and I have told you that, Moyer, so that's no secret. Oh. Uh, this girl, Sam, is about as dumb as they come when it comes to selecting companionship. Roger is a very nice man. He happens to be devoted to horse racing, an entirely honorable sport. I like him. He's a gentleman. Yeah, well, I don't. He's a creep. Now do you understand, Sammy, why this idiot daughter of my best friend, Jim Flynn, cannot tell her employer she thinks she's been followed. Will you help me? Much as I need the work, dear, I wouldn't touch this with a ten-foot chenille. But what will I do? I'm afraid to take the baby out. Well, you might report it to the police. We used to have a fairly capable bunch of decent men when I was on the force. Good day, dear. And give my regards to your dad. Mr. Bryce, we're going out now. Hmm, what's that? Who's going out now? I'm taking the baby out for his morning constitutional in Central Park. Why do you tell me? Because Mrs. Bryce isn't up yet. She always likes to know when I leave with the baby and when I get back. Oh, yes, that's right, good. All right, run along, Laura. Oh, and uh, if the morning mail has come, have Hopkins bring it up, will you? Yes, sir, Mr. Bryce. Good morning, sir. Hi. Hi, darling. Oh, yes, Gloria. Can you come into the bedroom a minute? Well, I'm reading the paper. Can it wait? Oh, how you are. So spoiled. <laughs> Morning, darling. Mm. Put your mouth up. I want to give you a big kiss. Oh. Mm. I only wanted to rip up my dress. 
Any woman who can't get up before 10 o'clock in the morning can zip up her own dress. Oh, you're so grouchy. Of course, it's my fault. I suppose you were rotten before we were married, and now you won't lift a finger. Well, you got paid well, and don't you forget it. A hundred dollars a day for nursing a man with a bad heart. <laughs> Highway robbery. Ten dollars an hour for being at the beck and call of a crotchety rich old man. <laughs> That's some bargain. I married you, didn't I? Oh, how have you got the best deal of your life marrying me? Now it's 24 hours a day on the job with no pay. Oh, oh, oh. no pay, is it? A closet full of clothes, dressing table full of jewels, charge accounts, travel. What do you need money for? I'm surprised we get along as well as we do. Well, I'm not. People will do anything for money. So what's to be so surprised about? Well, not everybody would do anything for money, darling. Maybe for love, but not for money. Oh, you married me for love, did you? Well, you know darn well I did. <laughs> you made sure of it, didn't you? Well, I suppose you mean the agreement. Yes, I do. You didn't expect I'd go right ahead and sign it straight off just like that. You're right. First surprise I have in years. A woman who'll marry me and accept so little money after my death. <laughs> so perhaps I did love you after all, you big complainer. Did? I guess I still do. Even after six months. You're not a bad guy, really. I'll always love you, Howard, for what you've done for the baby. Oh, you mean giving it my name? Mm, what a sweet old-fashioned thing to say. Mm-hmm. Giving the baby your name. Well, what else would you call it? When he goes to college, he'll be Bill Bryce. Mm, I can never thank you enough. I don't know anyone who would have been that generous to marry a girl with a baby out of wedlock. <laughs> it's all worked out fine for me, Gloria. You know, I didn't know I liked babies that much. You do, don't you? Oh, cute as a button. And tell you what else, Billy knows me. Oh, yes, he does. Recognizes me the minute I go into the nursery. At eight months, real smart. <laughs> I love that child, Gloria. Little Billy loves you too, Howard. Jim, in the state. 
Give her the facts of life imprisonment, Jim, and you'll be doing your daughter a big favor. Well, better hang up now and open my mail. We've uh, got a busy office here. Did Maura take Billy to the park this morning? Uh, she did. She stuck her head in before she left. No, oh, you're doing just great as a daddy. Well, I'll tell you this. It's kind of a novelty to be a stepfather at 16. <laughs> I kind of like it. I'm glad that woman's working out so well. I have you to thank for that, Howie. I'd never have taken her on. No references. Well, you have to know people. I sized up Maura Flynn almost right away. I checked her background. Respectable family. She's taken care of her little brothers and sisters. Mother's gone. Takes care of her father. Runs the whole family. Willing to work. And she's devoted to you. Oh, answer that for me, will you, Gloria? Hello? Who's this? Police. What? Yes, Mara Flynn works for us. What's the matter? Well, what do you mean you're going to send somebody over? Why don't you tell me now? Yes, I do. <gasps> Just now. The baby was... Oh, no. Oh, my Lord. No. Yes, yes, of course. We'll go right over to... Where? The, the, the precinct house on 74. Yes, right away. All right. Billy's been kidnapped. Oh. The, the police were phoning from the park. A, a patrol car happened to be passing by. Mara was screaming her head off. Kidnapped in broad daylight. Hurry, hurry, darling. Put your tie on. we got to go to the precinct house immediately. Did you hear that? Hurry, darling, and put your tie on. I mean, what a wild thing for a mother to say at a time like this. I'll be back shortly with Act Two. In an office in the law building, a young attorney, Sam Jacobs, has sublet space, a desk, a chair, the use of a telephone, and an answering machine. To another Sam, Samson O'Malley, a retired policeman. The one case O'Malley, now a private investigator, did not want to pursue was that of a housekeeper who had reported she was being followed. But in the sleuth business, you can't always pick and choose. Mr. Bryce, let me begin by telling you I am in possession of certain facts relating to the kidnapping of your son. Several days ago, Moira Flynn... Ah, excuse me, Mr. O'Malley, the child is not my son, but... My stepson. My wife's son by a former, shall we, shall we say, liaison. Uh, do you mean, Mr. Bryce, your wife had not been married before you married her? Yes, that's right. Now you were saying what you know that I should know. Uh, yeah. Uh, the day before the kidnapping, uh, your housekeeper, Moira Flynn, came to see me to say she was being followed. Yes, I know all that. In fact, it was at her recommendation that we engaged you. Her father and I are old friends, and I was aware that Miss Flynn was dating a man of questionable reputation. Uh, in fact, you might say his reputation is lousy. Uh, he's a known gambler and not unknown in criminal circles in the city. 
I'm sorry to hear that. My wife will be also. We had great confidence in Moira. Yeah, well, you see what I'm getting at. Yes, an inside job. That's what you're telling me. Uh, quite possibly. Uh, now, if I may, I'd like to have a few words with Mrs. Bright. Well, so would I, but she was in such a state of shock. Our doctor has kept her rather heavily sedated. Since the child disappeared, she's done very little else but sleep. Uh, I see. When does the doctor think Mrs. Bryce can be interviewed? Well, he hasn't said, but he is coming over later today, and I'll ask him then. Uh, well, we'll need to talk to her. It's uh, very important, and as soon as possible. Time is essential in these cases. Uh, recollections, uh, uh, well, I needn't go into all of it. But if it's at all possible for us to talk to her, we can come over any time. Uh, even this evening. You said uh, we, Mr. O'Malley. Uh, yes, I have an associate, a prominent younger attorney, who I may bring into the case. His name is Sam Jacob. Well, if it's helpful, why, certainly. Uh, Mr. Bryce, no word from the kidnappers yet. Not a thing. Does no news mean good news or bad news? Neither. Uh, I expect they'll be communicating with you by letter or telephone. Should you receive such a letter, I would like you to immediately notify me, even before opening it up. How would I know it's from them? I receive a great deal of mail. Uh, any envelope that looks unfamiliar. Uh, who handles the mail first? Our man Hopkins. Yeah. We'll instruct him to wrap it in a handkerchief and bring it to you. Oh, I, I understand. Yes, you wish to examine it for fingerprints. Right. Then, too, we'll attach an automatic recording device to your telephone so that all calls out or in will be recorded on tape. What good is that? It'll help with the identification should the kidnappers telephone you. We can run all tape conversations through a stress analyzer which computes the amount of stress in the human voice. I've heard of those, but I thought they were used to find out whether a voice is telling the truth or not. Quite important. Our instructions you are given bona fide. Uh, when you are told where to drop the ransom, is the kidnapper testing you or giving you a false lead? Does he mean it when he tells you where the child can be found? And even uh, what is the health of the child? Well, I have no idea that could be analyzed. Oh, uh... When you speak to my wife, I hope you won't go into such details. Uh, here's my card. Uh, the answering machine is on day and night, Mr. Bryson. I'm always checking it. Uh, I understand you relieve Moya Flynn of her duties, too. This is cleared up. I thought it best. Uh, well, I'm on my way over to see you now. Let me know if the doctor permits me to talk to your wife. <laughs> I've seen a transcript of what you told the police, but I'd like you to try and remember it again for me. Mr. O'Malley, it's all like locking the stable door after the mare's been stolen. Why didn't you listen to me the other day? I told the police everything. Moira, sometimes when you go over a story, dear, things come back. And the details which could be very helpful. All right. I was walking along with little Billy in his pram. And we sat on a bench. I don't know for how long. And all of a sudden, someone behind me reached around, held a cloth over my face, and I passed out. You were chloroformed. When I came to, little Billy was gone. And I screamed. And the cops came in a patrol car, and I told them the whole story. 
Uh, did you struggle when that hand was put in chloroform into your face? I think I did a, a little. And then I began to gag. And then... Uh, explain. With his other hand, he was squeezing my throat. Uh, did you have your eyes open or closed, Moya? Open, of course. And you didn't turn around? No, I couldn't. Did you see anything? Uh, or was the assailant wearing gloves, for instance? No, he wasn't. They were long fingers. Almost like a woman's. It's stronger, I think. So he did see his hand. Only the one holding the cloth. Oh, wait a minute, Mr. O'Malley. I do remember something I clean forgot. On that third finger of his hand, there was a ring. A gold ring with a stone in it. Did you see what kind of stone? What color? Yes, I did. It was a turquoise. A big, square turquoise. And a gold ring. This is Samson O'Malley, private investigator. I am sorry I am not in the office to answer your call. If you'll leave your name, number, and message, I'll get back to you within an hour. Start talking when you hear the tone. Mr. Malley, this is Howard Bryce. You asked me to call you if Mrs. Bryce could be interviewed. I, uh... I'm afraid not today. The doctor says maybe tomorrow, okay? Samson, uh, this is Sam Jacobs. Meet me in the city archives and record building, second floor, as soon as you get this message. It's important. Over here, Samson. What you got? Samson, you see before you the ledgers of life. Now, in this volume... Recorded births, and these have marriages month by month. My dear young friend, I know all about city hall records. What have you found? I marked this ledger with a slip of paper. And checking into our client, Howard Bryce, uh, but that, out there, record of his marriage to Gloria Stedman. What else? Okay, maiden name Gloria Stedman. Now, let's pick up this ledger. Quite some time earlier, and um, here, where my paper marker is. Look at that. Stedman. Gloria Stedman. Oh, wow. What do you think of that? Sam, you know this is real nice detective work. Uh, let me copy that down. Morse, Edward, 14 Locust, Pendleton, New Jersey. I'll go get this page photostatted, and then let's uh, go somewhere for a shot. <laughs> it's that great feeling, isn't it? <laughs> Relief and exhilaration when things start to break your way. Oh, Sam Jacobs, you're a lovely man. A lovely man. Good morning, my love. How are you today? Hi. Uh, you look well-rested this morning. How'd you like to get up? Um, any word at all from the kidnappers? No, nothing. Oh. But uh, I've hired two excellent men to help the police uh, speed things up. Uh, they were here yesterday, wanted to see you, but the doctor said that was out of the question. Why do they want to talk to me? I don't know anything. I know. I've given them and the police all the snapshots I could find of Billy. Now, uh, these detectives, they've installed a tape machine that goes on automatically every time our telephone is used. Records everything. 
What's that? Every time our Every telephone... Every time someone uses the phone, it's on tape? Yes. Isn't that a great idea? Oh, oh I miss my little boy so much. When are they going to ask for a ransom? Uh, darling, what are we going to do? Now, Mr. O'Malley is sure they'll be contacting us soon by letter or phone. And how much are they going to ask? It doesn't matter to me if they want every cent I've got. I'll get your little boy back. Slow down, Sam. Dorcas ought to be off the right. Uh, here. Uh, turn here. This is Locust? That's what the street side said. Dirt road. You, uh, see number 14? Uh, I think it's the next one. The White House with a red barn next to it. Yeah. Yeah. Slow down. Uh-huh. Uh, want to see the name on that mailbox? Uh, stop. Hmm? Uh, pull over and stop. Ah, uh, there's the name we're looking for. Ah, uh, thank you, mailbox. Ed Morse, just like in the marriage records. Well, let's knock on Mr. Morse's door and hand him our special delivery. Well, how'd you locate me, the yellow pages? Uh, what would we be looking under, Mr. Morse? Well, limousine service. Sometimes they call it livery service. I'm listed in both New York and Jersey books. Isn't that why you stopped in to see me? Uh, not exactly. I don't know whether Mr. O'Malley made it clear when we introduced ourselves. He's a private investigator, and I'm an attorney. Oh, I'm not concerned what you do. We rent to all kinds of people. I have five limousines, and we rent them by the day or the week or the month. I mentioned that I'm a lawyer, Mr. Morse, because I thought I might be in a position to advise you against any illegality. Hey, what is this, a protection racket? What do you guys want? Uh, merely information. Oh, okay. You had me scared for a minute. All right, begin with Sam. Why don't we uh, have a look at Mr. Morse's limousines? Well, you can call me, Ed. Say, uh, are both you guys called Sam? Well, he's Samson, the strong man. I'm just plain Sam. Okay, Ed, you lead the way. Oh, the barn's out the back. That's where we keep all our wheels. I wonder if I could use your phone. I'd like to check my office for any messages. Sure, help yourself. Yeah, I, I won't be a minute. I'll... Uh... Join you as soon as I've made my call. Oh, this is certainly a nice selection of limos. Hey, and growing every day. I plan really to expand in a couple of months. Hmm. Doesn't that require a lot of capital? Sure does, but um, I got some Wall Street interest in delivery service. Huh. I wonder what's keeping Sam. I'd like him to see all of these. Oh, there are two more, but they're out on a regular basis. By the year, I hope. <laughs> you hope? Well, I haven't been in the car rental business that long, Mr. Jacobs, so we'll see how good business gets. Oh, here's your friend. Uh, sorry, it took so long. Oh, say, this is a beautiful sextet. Oh, and how you keep them? I'll bet there's quite an investment there. Well, they're not all paid for yet. If your Wall Street investor makes good, you shouldn't have any problems. Ah, Wall Street interest, is it? Well, Ed, um, let's get down to what we're here for. Sure, great, shoot. For starters, Ed, I'd like you to have a look at this photostat of an entry in the city records. 
You'll note, Mr. Morse, that a certain Edward Morse married a certain Gloria Stedman. What do you guys want to know? Anything you wish to tell us, sir. Uh, I think we'd also be interested, Mr. Morse, in this turquoise ring. I uh, happened to find it in your bathroom, hidden in a box of talcum powder. And I was uh, just wondering how it got there. The two Sams have asked two questions. Here are mine. Who kidnapped the infant? Why? If Glory was once married to Ed Morse, why did she keep that from her present husband, Howard Bryce? Is she legally married to Bryce? We ought to be relatively close to all the answers since there's only one more act to go. Act three. I shall return with it shortly. An eight-month-old infant has been taken from its carriage. The police are scouring for clues. The two Sams have unearthed some hard evidence, and the baby's mother waits for a word from the kidnappers. Meanwhile, in a barn filled with limousines... Look, I haven't done anything. What do you guys want? Is this ring yours? Yeah, sure, sure, it's mine, so what? Is that where you usually keep your jewelry? In a talcum powder box? But it's my business, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> Not when a turquoise ring has been identified as worn by a man who chloroformed a woman in Central Park and kidnapped a baby. Hey, wait a minute. What is this? There must be a million guys who wear those rings. Uh, not a million guys who hide them. Okay, okay. I, 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 I can explain. Sure, I read about Gloria's baby being snatched and, and what the housekeeper said and... I had this turquoise ring, and who knows? Sometimes cops can put two and two together, and instead of four, they make it 22. <laughs> like you guys did. I didn't want to take any chances, so I, I hid it. That's the truth. Believe me. You were afraid you might be implicated. So help me. Because it's your baby, isn't that right, Ed? Yeah, sure, it's mine. Hey, you guys really know your stuff. How did you know what to look for when you came here? Morse, nobody can wear a ring for a long time without it making an indentation on the finger. Third finger of the right hand. Look at yours, Ed. See the mark? The same finger on the same hand that chloroformed Moira Flynn. What are you accusing me of? Morse, where were you on the 22nd? The day the child was kidnapped. Well, what What time? Between 11 o'clock and 12. On the Jersey time, for Fixing a flat. Now, can I ask you something? What about the ring? That costs money. I'd like to have it back. I want Moira to have a look at this. Well, Samson, I think it's a waste of time, but uh, I'll see you get your ring back, Ed. Don't you worry. Thanks a lot. And, Ed, I know you're just as worried as we are over who snatched little Billy and how fast we can get him back to Gloria. So, if I have any questions, is it okay if I give you a call? Oh, sure, sure. And you're right, I am worried. I've been worried all along. Just because Gloria got remarried to this Howard Bryce guy don't mean I'm not head up over the safety of my own kid. <laughs> call me anytime. Anything I can do. 
Sam, I don't understand you at all. There's no question in my mind Ed Morse is the kidnapper. Why were you so easy on him? We should have turned on the heat then and there. Made him take us to where he's hidden the child and wrapped up the case. Hmm. That's the problem. That's what problem? Because it's Ed's child. He admitted it was. If the child's legal father is really Ed Morse and he removed it from a baby carriage and the mother brings no charges, the court of law may not consider it kidnapping. Well, that's your job, Sam. Open the right book, and you might find the right precedent. When we have a case, no one's even asked for a ransom, so far as I know. So, what harm does it do to try to be on friendly terms with our livery man? Hello, Mr. Bryce. Uh, I'm glad to see you, gentlemen. We've got news for you. What is it? Ransom? Yes, what? Why don't you tell them, Gloria, you spoke to them? About an hour ago, a man called and he said, if you watch your boy alive, leave one million dollars in you bills at three o'clock tomorrow afternoon in the cloisters. No big bills, no mock bills, no cops, no funny business. Uh, did he tell you how Billy was? Yes, he, he said he's getting the best of care. The baby food he eats and everything. And that's all he said? I think so. Oh, I was so nervous. Uh, where in the cloisters? Uh, that's a big area. I wrote it down. Uh, here, St. Michel de Cooksa, under left stone bench. I guess it's my move. One million. Oh, darling. Oh, I'll get it. Don't worry. Now, if you fellas don't mind, I've got to go talk to some bankers. I'll call you from downtown, Gloria, when I'm on my way home. Mrs. Bryce, um, now that we're alone, don't you think you ought to notify the child's father that you've been contacted for a ransom? You don't mean Howard. No. No, I mean his real and natural father. So Howard told you. Do his father? I don't know where he is. I think your story is also you don't know who he is, right? Oh, I, I'm ashamed to say I don't. You see, there, there was a party and... Uh, you had a little too much to drink, so you didn't know what happened. Yeah. Mm, it's funny. Ed Morse knows what happened, and uh, he didn't say anything about a party. It's an act, I tell you. No one goes on trying like that for two hours. <laughs> it's because we caught her out in a terrible lie. Uh, this poor woman's nerves have been near breaking for a week. I wish her husband would come home. I don't like to walk out on him when she's sobbing away in the bedroom. Sam, you may know all about your law books, but people don't live by the book. Sam, you'd never make a detective. You're not suspicious enough. Your Honor... May I quote you Charles Dickens, who said, If there were no bad people, there would be no good lawyers. I rest my case. Oh, you'd uh, better get your case off that sofa. Howard Bryce is back. Well, are you still here? Where's Gloria? Uh, sir, I think our questions upset her. She went to the bedroom to lie down. 
Oh, no wonder. It's been a terrible strain, a terrible strain. But uh, I'll have the money tomorrow. The bank's putting it into two attaché cases. A million is a lot of paper. Then what? I'd say you bring it down to our office. Uh, can they give you an armed guard? They will. And at three, it'll be dropped off at the cloisters by us. And you'd better wait here for the call telling you where the baby is. You think it'll go all right? No hitches. Yeah, well, no one knows for sure. Uh, in my experience, the less false move one makes, the more chances of nothing going wrong. You've got to remember anyone who would snatch a child is just as frightened as you are. Everyone knows what the penalty is these days, so nobody wants to make a mistake. Oh, um, Sam, the uh, the tape recorder, we haven't checked it. <laughs> Who knows? I may be able to identify the voice. <laughs> you know, I've heard an awful lot of birds singing in over 30 years. Well, isn't that charming? What is it? Uh... Mr. Bryce, would you mind coming in here? Uh, what's the matter, Mr. O'Malley? Uh, some kind soul pulled out the AC wire. I plugged it in here. You happen to know anything about this, Mr. Bryce? You mean the tape machine didn't record any phone conversations? <laughs> Not without power. Well, could it have been an accident? Uh, people don't usually pull plugs out of walls accidentally. Well, I don't know anything about it, and I'm sure Mrs. Bryce doesn't either. So we'll have to rely entirely on her recollection of time and place and go along and drop off the money. What about the police? Well, of course, we'll notify them. But the message said no cop. Mr. Bryce, we're not going to have a squad of the boys in blue marching in formation into the cloisters. Well, I don't have much faith in them. Uh, you had better, Mr. Bryce. We're going to be working with them. We'd be crazy not to. Let's say you get Billy back safely. Hmm? You want people like that running around, terrorizing other parents? Of course, we're going to work with the police. If you're sure it's the right thing to do. Mr. Bryce, this isn't fiction, you know. We're two super sleuths out with the crooks, out with the cops, and do it all single-handedly. This is fact, Mr. Bryce. And the fact is, Sam and I need all the help we can get. Sam, I was uh, thinking about this office. Mm-hmm. Uh, couldn't my name on the door be in larger letters? Uh, no one's going to find me. <laughs> well, if we keep racking up rich clients like Howard Bryce, why not? He's sure a trusting soul. Why? Because he came down to the office with his million and left it with us. <laughs> Where could we go with a million dollars? Are you kidding? Honest men don't do that. Uh, how much time do we allow to get to the cloisters from here? Well, I say with the west side highway torn up, uh, 45 minutes. But, Sam, you're not going. I am. Well, you're not taking a million dollars in cash alone up to the cloisters. Sam, you wouldn't do me any good up there. I got a better job for you. You're going to be the doorman next door to the Bryce townhouse on 5th. You're going to keep watch. It's all set up. Get there early and put on the doorman's uniform. Well, how do we keep in touch? <laughs> Our nice little reliable telephone answering machine. There's a phone on your corner of Fifth, and I'll locate one of the cloisters. We'll just uh, keep calling in and checking each other out. 
Samson, I sure am learning a lot about being an investigator. Next job, it'll be your turn to give me a crash course in law. I notice you said our machine is reliable. <laughs> because no one pulls out the plug. Uh, ah, that's why you want me to stake out the Bryce house. On the button. People who aren't used to criminal acts don't know how to cover their tracks. That AC plug, Sam, didn't fall out of the wall. Someone didn't want their phone calls to be recorded. Report from the cloisters. 2.10 p.m. Got here faster than I thought. Nobody suspicious hanging around. I'm in a phone booth within sight of the stone bench. I'm not leaving the money there until I have to. This is, uh... Doorman Sam Jacobs at 2.30. Ed Morse just drove up in a limousine dressed in a chauffeur's outfit. He's carrying a baby carry-all, I'm sure of it. He's gone inside. O'Malley, the Cloisters, 2.55. Just stashed the two attaché cases behind the bench. 3.15. No one showed up at the Cloisters yet. Um, I'll give them 15 more minutes. 3.30. Cloisters. Unbelievable. What a jerk. Amateurs are amateurs. <laughs> Sam, I'll meet you at the Bryce Townhouse at 5 o'clock on the button. Over and out. How about getting Gloria on a bigamy charge? 
Oh, do you really see the D.A. involved in a case like that? Sam, you know, I'm sort of glad I moved in with you. I'll, um, I'll get you larger lettering on the door. Uh, coming from a man of letters, Sam, that's a real compliment. Often when the curtain descends on Mystery Theater, I'll drag in some ancient applicable quote and say, you see, Shakespeare said thus and so. Or a great philosopher or doctor or detective once said so-and-so, and isn't it true, and what did I tell you? This time, when I return, I think I'll eat my words. make a right, or two goods seldom meet. What's good for the plant is ill for the peat. Or two proud men cannot ride one horse. Oh, nonsense. I'd say today's story of the two Sams proves, I think, a partnership can work. Let two heads are better than one. Now, why didn't I think of that? Our cast included Fred Gwynn, Russell Horton, E.D. Juster, and Ian Martin. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.